Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. As we continue our, our series here, What's the Point? We'll be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 8. And we're going to look at a relationship between a king and wise men and what it is to be wise. And Solomon, really the writer, the preacher of this uh, book, really takes us and shows us an angle and what it means to be wise and really shows us the temperament, the principles and the qualities that a wise person has. So as we dive into this message, which is entitled, Who is Like the Wise? We want you to be blessed by it. So let's talk about wisdom. Wisdom. A wise man possesses wisdom. Wisdom is the demonstration of one's knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to perceive the true nature of a situation, and this is important, and to implement the will of God in that situation. Wisdom is the practical application of God's truth to a specific situation. Wisdom is knowing what God wants you to do and then doing it. That's wisdom. So wisdom is taking your knowledge and knowing what to do with that knowledge, when to use that knowledge, where to use that knowledge, why you're using that knowledge, and how to use that knowledge. So let us look at the angle that the preacher here is showing us through the writing here in Ecclesiastes. We're going to be coming from the eighth chapter. And let's start at verse one. It begins, who is like the wise? Who knows the explanation of things? A person's wisdom brightens their face and changes its hard appearance. So I could stop right there and I could really do the whole sermon off of just that one verse, but that wouldn't be fair. So who is like the wise? This is not an arbitrary or a, 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 um, a person asking who is wise. He's asking who is like the wise, meaning there are specific tendencies and principles and qualities that a wise person possesses. And those, those tendencies and qualities are something that God wants us to possess. He wants us to use the wisdom that he gives us in every situation that we have. And so we've seen here as, as Solomon, who was the wisest man during his time, he had everything that we could ever hope for. He had riches. He had servants. He had beautiful house. He had many wives. Not that I would hope for that, but he had many wives. And he had just if he had, if he named it, he could claim it. But he was frustrated because he saw life as being meaningless. He reached every goal that he could, but it still wasn't enough. Many times we'll find ourselves in that situation. I remember as, as the scripture is talking about who's like the wise and wisdom will brighten your face and change your hard appearance. I remember when I was just a new believer and I was judgmental. I was self-righteous. I was dogmatic. I mean, if folks weren't living clean like I was living, I was thinking, oh, you, you, you're not really saved. You, you're not like me. Uh -uh, I, don't, I don't know what kind of life you're living. But then as I matured and I came into the wisdom of God, it brightened my face. It lit up. It was like a light bulb that went on, 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 my, on my head. And then it softened my heart appearance. It changed my heart appearance. I realized that I am no different than anyone else. 
I realized that I'm no better. I realized that I had some of the same uh, mistakes and some of the same flaws that those who I was judging had. Wisdom helped me. It brightened my face. I saw life different. It changed my heart appearance. I was more uh, um, gracious. I was more merciful. I was more humble. And so I realized I need more of this wisdom. I need to use this wisdom in everything of my life, every faucet, every aspect of my life. I need God's wisdom. So, so the writer is going to teach us how the relationship between a king and a wise man pans out. What it says. Obey the king's command. As we look here, obey the king's command, I say, because you took an oath before God. You took an oath. You made a vow before God, like a man and a woman does when they get married. They make an oath. They take a vow. Do not be in a hurry to leave the king's presence and do not stand up for a bad cause, for he will do whatever he pleases. Now, he starts it. Obey the king's command. OK. You took an oath. You made a vow before God that you would do whatever the king says. Israel Follow the king. King Solomon was the king. They took an oath before God that they would do what the king says. If you think back in the story when they wanted, when God wanted to be their king and they said, no, we want a king. So down through the lines from Saul to David to now Solomon, you took an oath before God that you would do as the king commands. So let's look at the symbolism of our king. OK, we have the earthly king, Solomon, and we have the children of Israel. But now we have our king, King Jesus, and we have us serving him. We must follow and obey his commands. We took an oath when we received him, when we accepted him into our heart. We said, Lord, I will follow you. I will obey you. I will do what you say. And so now that we are in his presence, let's not be in a hurry to leave his presence. A wise man will spend as much time as he can in the presence of the king. Okay, do not stand up for a bad cause. Watch what you stand for. Watch what you support. Now, if the king is supporting something that's bad, make sure that you are not on the bad side. You want to follow the commands, but you want to ultimately follow God. Amen. So we see here as the king is, 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 is flushing out his commands and, and the, the wise man realizes that obeying the king it's going to play for a long term life in him. Now, listen to this. It says. Since a king's word is supreme. OK, who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm And the wise heart. That's important here. The wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. There's a time as we as we read in, in the third chapter, there's a time and season for everything. This theme keeps going here in the eighth chapter. There's a proper time and procedure. What that means is this protocol. There may be something that you don't like. There may be something that you want to speak against. You might not like the way the group is going or the way this is going, or the way that is going. And you want to speak so bad. But a wise man, a wise person, if you want to be wise, realizes the proper time and the procedure to do that. Just because you think it don't mean you should say it. And just because you think it doesn't mean everybody else is thinking it. 
There's a time, a proper time and a procedure. And when that time comes, then you speak with boldness. And so a wise man realizes protocol. He goes on. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may be weighed down by misery, since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? Okay, again, proper time and procedure. Even though you want to say it so bad, even though it's like fire shut up in your bones, even though you just want to spit it out because it's so obvious that this is not right, it's so obvious that this is wrong, that they're going in the wrong direction. But a wise man holds their peace and speaks at the proper time. A wise man doesn't speak just to be heard. Right? He speaks to make a difference. And so we must be wise. We must use proper procedure, protocol when we are, when we feel like we need to say something. All right. Now, we have to realize the principles and qualities of a wise person. A wise person understands his, his or her temperament. They understand what pushes them, what pushes their buttons. Okay, I realize that when God is doing something amongst the people and it's something that I don't like, I pray about it. I go and I pray about it. And if I don't hear from God what he wants me to do, I keep my mouth shut. A wise person will know when to speak because the Holy Spirit will lead you when to speak. Now, think about a servant and a king. A, a servant doesn't just bebop up into a king's presence. Okay, we learn that from, from Esther, right? You don't just bebop and say, king, I want, you know, I want to say something to you. No, you have to be invited. I don't just go to the White House and say, hey, president, I got something to say. No, you have to be invited. But Esther said, you know what? This is, this is down in me and this is the proper time because, it, because the spirit is leading me. If I perish, I perish. So when we go before the king, we have to realize that first of all, is God with me? Is God leading me? Is God guiding me with that wisdom? Is this the proper time to apply the truth to this specific situation as wisdom is? Is this the time for me to speak or is it time for me to hold my peace? A wise person will know that. Now, I'm not, you're not born wise. Okay? We grow in wisdom. We can go to school and get all the knowledge and the know-how that we can get. But we learn wisdom from experience. We learn wisdom. That's how do I use the knowledge that I have? The writer goes on. Whoever obeys his command, okay, well, let's let finish this. As no one has power over the wind to contain it, so no one has power over the time of their death. As no one is discharged in a time of war, so wickedness will not release those who practice it. And then he goes on and he talks about obeying. All this I say as I apply my mind to everything done under the sun. There is a time when a man lords it over others to his own hurt. And let's go to the next slide. When the sentence for a crime is not quickly carried out, people's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. And I struggled with this. Because just in the most recent weeks, we've experienced some 
horrendous crime, people being shot, innocent people's lives being taken. And it seems like the justice wasn't working fast enough. It seemed like sentence for a crime was not being quickly carried out. And the result of that was people's hearts were filled with schemes to do wrong. We had protests and we had riots and we had all kinds of things happening because we felt that that the, the punishment for the crime was not being carried out. Now, a wise person will think and realize I can't control the situation, but I trust in God and I stand on God's word. And I know that God sees everything that's going on and I'm going to hold fast until God says something else. I can't figure it out myself. I can't fight this battle on my own, but God, I trust you. I lean and I depend on you because the results of what people are doing, God, you are still in control. Even when it seems like all kind of chaos is happening all around and the walls are caving in and people are just running wild. God, you are still in control. A wise person will hand it over to God. A wise person will trust in the living God and will trust the king because the king's word is supreme and no one can argue. So instead of me going before God and want to debate and negotiate with God and say, God, why don't you do this? God, why aren't you doing this? No. And going to God and say, God, is this your final answer? No. We go to God and say, God, I trust you. I stand on your word. You are faithful, God. Everything that you promise, your word will come to pass. Your word is true, God. And I'm wise enough to stand on that word because your word never fails. Your word is powerful. Your word is life-giving and your word is strength. And so, God, that's why I obey. That's why I stand on your word. When I was young, God, I did what I wanted to do. But when I became a wise man, I put away childish things. And now, God, I stand on your word. Stand on your word. He goes on. Although a wicked person who commits 100 crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. And you understand why Solomon is feeling like everything is meaningless. He said the wicked commits 100 crimes and they may live a long time. You hear about those who commit hideous crimes and they're in prison and they're living. They're 80 years old and they're still living on death row. They're still living. And you're wondering why. But you see those innocent lives taken so short and say, God, I don't get it. I don't understand. I commit my whole life to you. We commit our whole lives to you, following you, God. Don't understand it, God. A wise person doesn't question God's word, doesn't question God's decisions. A wise man takes God at his word because God's going to do whatever God wants to do. <laughs> so fighting it, gives me that feeling that everything is meaningless because I can't fight God. You can't fight God. You got to trust him. You got to trust him. So he says, let's go on. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, they don't fear God. The wicked do not fear God. It will not go well with them <laughs> and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. There is something else meaningless, okay? There he goes again. 
that occurs on earth. And this is, and I really couldn't, couldn't understand. The righteous who get what the wicked deserve and the wicked who get what the righteous deserve. This too, I say, is meaningless. I don't get it. I don't understand that we spend all of our time. Lord, we worship you. We praise you. We tell others about you. But it seems like the wicked is way ahead of me. It seems like the wicked is prospering while we're still toiling and trying to make it. I don't get it, God. <laughs> wise man may think that, but a wise man again, or a wise person again will say, but God, I trust you. I trust you. Oh, that's too easy. That's too easy. I mean, I mean that's not good enough. God, I trust you. What does it mean when we say, God, I trust you? That means, God, it's out of my hands. I don't know what to do, but I know you do. I've seen you move. I've seen you work. I've seen you take mistakes and turn them into miracles. I've seen you take obstacles and turn them into opportunities. I've seen you take the low and make them high. I've seen you take those that are out and bring them in. I've seen great works from you, God. And Lord, I stand here helpless, but I'm hopeful because I trusted you. So I want to be wise. I want to be like the wise God. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I make mistakes. Sometimes I fall, but a wise person gets back up. Sometimes I open my mouth when I shouldn't. But a wise person realizes when he's made a mistake and he repents and he gets right again. Who is like the wise? What is so special about the wise? What are the, 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 the qualities that a wise person has that makes it so great and makes them pleasing to God? Let's finish. So I commend the enjoyment of life because there is nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Okay? So I commend the enjoyment of life. Okay, let's go. Then, I like this, joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. Who has given them? God, that God has given them. Joy will accompany. That means joy is right there. Weeping may endure for a night. Come on, say it with me. But joy comes in the morning. All right. Joy will accompany. When you trust God, a wise person knows joy is coming. Joy is here. A wise person knows goodness will follow me all the days of my life. A wise person knows my strength and my help is coming because I'm trusting in God, because I'm trusting in his word, because I'm standing firm in his word. Though the work, the world may shake me, it won't break me. Because I'm trusting in the living God. A wise person stands, stands in the testimony, stands as a witness that God is greater than my troubles. God is greater than my problems. God is greater than my sickness. A wise person understands that and lives out that in their lives. Will accompany their toil in all the days of the life God has given them under the sun. It is God's desire that we live good and we have glad life. We have a good life. We eat, drink, and be glad. 
that we enjoy our lives. We enjoy the things that God has given us. Even though sometimes it may hurt, it may be painful, folks may hurt you. I remember a time that someone did something, several people did something to me, and I said, Lord, got to get them back. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. But God, if you're going to get them, get them good. Because they did me good. And I realized I wanted to take matters in my own hands. And this is one situation where I was wise. I said, Lord, nope, I'm not going to do it. And every single one of those people that did wrong to me paid for it. And I don't rejoice in them getting back. But what I rejoice is that God had my back. That God was on my side because I was wise, not boasting in, my, in, in any wisdom that I have, but I was wise in God to let him do what he does best. And that's watch out for his children, to have his children's back, to love them through the storms and through the rain and know that at the end you're going to win. And so we've got to trust God all the days of our life because joy will accompany you. It will come. Joy is there. And so as we answer the question, who is like the wise? The wise person obeys the king's commands, right? A wise person fulfills their oath and their vow. A wise person remains in the king's presence. A wild person stands up for what is right. Right. A wise person doesn't question the king's authority. A wise person keeps calm and prays. A wise person never overpromises, but underpromises so they can overachieve. A wise person learns to say no. A wise person admits when they make a mistake. A wise person knows when to speak and when not to. And a wise person knows the difference between giving up and growing up. It's a hard lesson. But it is a lesson. The wise person learns from their experience. Wise person benefits from the advice of others. A wise person chooses their battles and a wise person trusts, trusts the Lord. A wise person is patient. They're meek. They're a learner. They're a teacher and they're humble. A wise person seeks him first. A wise person is prayerful. A wise person is forgiving. A wise person is just and merciful. So do you want to be like the wise? Who is like the wise? The wise person. They trust in the saving grace and the saving power of the cross of Jesus Christ. They anticipate the Lord's return. A wise person realizes that their life is nothing without Christ. And a wise person gives God first place in their heart. Will you be like the wise and accept Jesus Christ into your heart? Will you be like the wise and anticipate the return of our Lord and acknowledge the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Will you be like the wise and accept them into your heart today? The Bible tells us that we all have sinned and falling short of the glory of God. He tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. A wise man believes 
that God commended his love or demonstrated his love toward us, you and I, us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And no matter what you've done or what you might be doing right now, a wise man understands that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you call on his name today and be wise and accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you too can be saved. Will you pray with me today as we look to Jesus Christ, our Savior? Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I trust in you. I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. And thank you for being wise today.